0: Did you take
1: it? No, I didn't take the fucking map, man. I'm, I'm not playing head games, man. If anyone's playing head games, you're playing head games, but I'm not playing head games.
0: I don't have it. We have to go. I'm serious, I don't have it.
1: Are you fucking serious? I'm fucking
0: serious, I don't have the map, okay?
1: Heather, that is so not cool, man. I know it's not cool. That is so not cool. I know it's
0: not cool. That
1: is, that, I mean, that's the fucking, like, least responsible thing you could have possibly done, man. I
0: know that. You really don't have it? One of you has got to have the map. No,
1: I don't have the map. We gave it back to you after map check yesterday. You've always had the map.
0: I know, and I've always had the map in the same place, and if it's not there, one of you had to have taken it.
1: I'm, I'm not going into your fucking pants to get your goddamn map, man.
0: I just checked my pocket. It's not in my pants. Look,
1: would I go in and get your map, all I want to do is get out of here, man. I'm not fucking around. That's
0: all I want to, man. Let's
1: go. No, you want to stay here. You want to film rocks. You want to look around. You want to fucking, like, go. get this. You want to get that. Which way are we walking? That way. Dude, we're in the middle of the fucking woods. We're in the middle of the goddamn woods. We could walk we're anyway. Way. We're going this way, because that's the way we've been going for a fucking day. We're going this way, and that's I it. we got to come across off. something. I gave you back the map, I Heather. I
0: gave
1: you the map. I gave you back the map. All I'm Let's saying is go. we can move as fast as we want, but if we have no fucking clue where we're moving to, then it really doesn't matter, We're does following it? the creek, and Mike seems satisfied with that. My eyes beheld an eerie sight. For my monster from his slab began to rise, and suddenly, to my surprise, he did the match. He did the monster, match. the
0: monster match.
1: It was a graveyard smash. He did the match. It got on in a flash. He did the match. He did the monster match. From my love for round. the
2: movie Three men
1: will risk it all to try to stand out from the herd.
2: It's the Cinema Nine Podcast with your hosts, Eric Brandstrom, Michael Govier, and Travis Roy, coming to a speaker near you right now.
1: Just become. The
2: guest included Wolfman, Dracula, and his son. Hey, welcome to the 7-9 Podcast, live stream, Taco Bell, KFC, all that stuff. I'm sorry, that doesn't make any sense. Oh, Chris Deary's here. Look at that. There we go. Woohoo! hoo Uh, Chad and Chris are here. Thanks for tuning in. We love having you guys aboard. We're going to talk about the Blair Witch Project today. That's the main focus. It's our Halloween edition. I feel like we should have a bunch of scary sounds and weird, you know. Add them later,
3: dude. Do it in post.
2: Yeah, maybe I'll make a special effort tonight. All right, so we're going to do Blair Witch Project for Does It Hold Up? But first, let's talk to everybody, our co-host, our fellow brothers in arms. Ladies and gentlemen, Travis Roy loves Halloween as much, almost as much as anybody I can think of. Right, Travis?
3: Almost as much as anybody I can think of except for the other co-hosts that we haven't addressed yet. Um, I'm doing pretty good. I I, I come with some bummer news of a death again. Travis Uh Roy is dead. Um uh, really? which is, which oh, is to no say sure. Travis Roy the hockey player no uh, sure. uh, that shares he died name. he died today no, so rest in peace shot. Travis Roy he was an inspiration yep, sure. to many people he was um, only in his
2: forties, I mean, late forties, or maybe. Yeah, yeah,
3: um, but I guess it was uh, some co- sort of complication, like late-term pop- complication with his paralysis. So I'm getting tagged oh. on Twitter, uh, left and right, like people are like, "We respect you, and we, we, we you know, we, we miss you." And I'm like, oh, that's that's that goes to someone else. I'm sorry." <laughs> oh, so. D- Deary, Deary,
2: you would remember that uh, Travis Roy. I forgot he got paralyzed. I remember yeah. when that yeah. happened. That was a long time ago. Wow. Uh, Eric Brandstrom. I know you've never been paralyzed, and thank God for it, even though there is no God. I will tell you this, Halloween is really important to you. Tell us why.
4: I just got done taking a walk from my beautiful neighborhood here in Griffith, Indiana, which literally looks like Haddonfield, Illinois, from the Halloween films. It was a perfect, blustery October. Ghosts, goblins on everyone's yard. I'm feeling the spirit. I'm pumped to talk Halloween. And, of course, the Blair Witch Project, which is my pick this week.
2: All right. That is correct. Eric Brasham's selected choice for the Halloween episode of Cinnamon 9 Pod, our 30th episode. So how about that? That's fun, isn't yeah. it? It
3: would have been cool if it was a 31st episode, but this is cool, too. Uh,
2: Why?
4: Oh, because it's Halloween. <laughs>
3: <laughs> caught up with that. They...
2: Okay, so yeah, we're going to talk Blair Witch Project. I got plenty of things to say about this. Do I have to still to- do
4: this? Is the Is the gag over?
3: Yeah, the gag's over. We we get it. You're Heather O'Donnell. No, you
2: can do it. Do it the whole show, man. It's fun. Come on. If it's unless you're in an un- uncomfortable position.
3: I'm so scared to give my opinions. I'm afraid <laughs> not to give them. Can you do this with a snot rivulet?
2: Yes, that would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> right. Put some hot pepper, uh, you know, put it in your nose there. Some ghost pepper. Rivulet, good
3: word. Yeah.
2: I'll tell you this. Is that like rivets? Rivulet? No, that's not the same thing. Okay. Guys. I don't know. We're going to talk you about you want to be really Halloween. authentic, though, you change. We're going to talk more about Halloween because Halloween's important. We also have an email about Bargain Bin, best bargain bin selections of all time. We'll talk about that, too. But first, people don't know this about me If unless you listen to the show. I don't like horror movies. I've never gotten into it. I just don't understand why I don't like them. Uh, watching this film, which we'll talk about later, got me. Kind of in like a mood like, oh, it's scary. Cool. But I'll talk about more of that later. The problem is, I guess it's the supernatural stuff. I find when it comes to scary movies, horror flicks, thrashers, sl- slasher films, not thrasher. That'd be more metal, I guess. But slasher films. I like when it's like a real person, not necessarily like a, a biopic or no, Jack the Ripper or some shit like from hell. But, which actually I kind of like from hell, but I'm talking like I like when there's like somebody you could actually think would kill you in an honest manner, like with a gun or with a knife or machete you to death, machete like Club Dread. So I guess that's where I kind of come off on this. Travis, you love fucking scary movies. So please, this is your moment to shine. Tell us why you love them.
3: I mean, why do I love them? I don't know, because I was introduced to Stephen King at way too early of an age. I, I don't know why I love him so much. I think there's something visceral about the tension and release that, that happens uh, with a horror movie or like, you know, the dread and then the jump scare or whatever. Like um, I think that's part of it. I also am a big fan of science fiction and anything that uh, reveals the anxieties of an age. And I think that horror does a great job usually of doing that. It's, it's a good vehicle for doing that. Um, so for those reasons, I, I, I love horror. Is that, is that the question? Yeah. Question. I
4: think, yeah. think right. Bresham similarities, differences between you and Travis horror is the red, red-headed stepchild of film genres, of course. You know, it doesn't get the credit I think it deserves from, you know, uh, as far as, like, accolades are concerned from, like, you know, uh, yeah, Academy Award and all that sort of stuff. But uh holds a special place in my heart. I grew up watching scary movies. And I kind of ducked out, like, in the late 90s and, like, the 2000s. I don't really remember watching any type of horror. But, you know, not to get too dark, but, like, I struggled with <laughs> – I struggle with anxiety and depression throughout the 2010s, and I turn to horror movies a lot of the times because it does raise your adrenaline. It gives you dopamine and endorphin rushes, and a lot of people uh, feel the same way. Uh, um, So, yeah, uh, I've gotten really into them in the past 10 years. Now that's pretty much all I want, so I'm excited to talk all types, slashers, ghosts and goblins, poltergeists, uh, torture porn, everything.
2: (laughs) Torture board, okay. Snuff films,
4: <laughs> Eric. Do you like snuff? No, 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 no. Stay off board, chair.
2: Oh, I snuff? I love
4: snuff. The 90s man the yeah, the
3: uh, snuffed, yeah. oh, they were pretty good.
2: Yeah, I don't like snuff like uh those stuff dips either. I don't like those. So, I don't do snuff. what
3: about snooze? Yeah. You like snooze? Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. Just same thing. Awful. It's in a packet. Wow, cool. All right, so yeah, so it's Halloween. We love scary movies, even if it's not my biggest thing. I love the shit out of Halloween. I love candy. Uh I love candy corn. I gotta be honest, guys.
3: I do too, dude. You do? I'm a candy candy corn guy, big time. No shit. Oh yeah. Wow, I thought we were so few. We might be, but we're we're mighty and proud.
2: Eric candy corn.
4: He's making faces. I'd rather eat those disgusting, like black and orange peanut butter, nasty ass (laughs) things than candy corn. Gross.
2: Oh, those are gross too. Yeah. Oh. I don't like I don't like the candy corn with the darker bottom. I like the regular candy corn.
3: <laughs> you get I those don't... little pumpkin things in there too. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The big guys. Yeah. You're the pumpkins. Business.
2: You get the autumn mix. Yeah. That's I usually pick out the the dark ones, but I eat the pumpkins and the candy corn. I love it. It's great. But uh, favorite Halloween candy, Eric Brancham, all time.
4: Uh Milky Way Midnight. It's relatively new, but still so good. You catch a fun size of those, you got it made.
0: All yeah.
3: right. Um, I'd always be pretty excited if I got some of those Reese's miniature cups. Those seem to be like a classic one to end up in the bottom of the pillowcase. Um yeah. that always that always make me happy.
4: Dude, and if like you're running around in a big sweaty neighborhood, can a pop, man. If someone that gives you a can of pop very refreshing, yeah, absolutely.
2: Can a pop. Uh, I remember, you know, locally for us, Meyer, somebody would throw in even a Meyer like generic oh, right. can was still a big deal. It's like, holy shit! Because we never had soda in my house. So, uh, that was a big deal. And then you knew somebody was probably well off. Full-size candy bars and soda cans are red flags for wealthy people. And you probably target them as you become a teenager when you start to switch to violence and, uh, you know, shenanigans of breaking and entering, things like that.
3: Once you're yeah, a class warrior and candy no longer motivates you. <laughs>
2: that's true i mean hey I, I lived it man i saw it all uh okay so <laughs> we have a email i wanted to get to i was talking about the bargain bins we'll continue to talk about halloween it's part of the whole episode it never goes away we got a great email from our old pal mr Derek. i don't know if we're supposed to say last names i never say it i just keep them out Derek, good old Derek, checked in and he wanted to know about bargain bin selections he went to a store recently which is weird. And he bought something at a bargain bin. And so it goes like this, guys. Over my lunch break while working from home, both of my kids at home due to a snow day. He had a snow day in Colorado already. I journeyed to the closest store that could provide the necessities of my trip. I needed some food and a windshield wiper. The closest store was Walmart. Classic Walmart cheap $5 uh, bins of DVD. Yeah. I've used those. Uh, on my way from the food section to the automotive section, I passed two bargain Blu-ray bins where they were all five to seven dollars each even today wow what have been your best bargain bin finds? and he wants to say this for the record i couldn't help but stop and spend about 15 minutes rummaging through these two fucking bins on the top he says fucking by the way on the top was goonies i couldn't leave it so from there i rummaged a bunch and ended up leaving with that inglorious bastards and zombie land all movies i love and they couldn't be more different
3: keep up the fun time dudes Derek. All right. Thank you, Three Cushions fan, No Likes, No Talk, 1030, for that fine email. <laughs> Appreciate it.
2: Great emails, yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, I would say um, I, so I don't I don't buy movies as much uh, anymore. It was one of the last bargain bins buys that I bought. I was proud of. I bragged about it, and Chris Deary, a uh, friend of the show, uh, said you still buy DVDs and like there's, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> it was a Blu-ray, actually. Anyway, that was Casino. I picked up that for five bucks. I remember I picked up City Slickers for five bucks not too long after that. And uh, yeah, Eric, we, cool. we 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 discussed. Yeah, I do. I, I'm a huge City Slickers fan. Second one, not so much. Um, but Eric and I we were discussing the the Tim Burton's Dark Shadows. That was also one of the one of the most more recent uh, dollar bargain bin buys that I got. So nice. I'll, I'll do it every now and then, but mostly, you know, it's like. Uh, I have something else to purchase to sit in my house to collect dust. I stream most things. (laughs) Yeah, I wish I was one of those nice. collector guys that gets like steel books and that shit's also cool. But like when you get down to it, like I have to get up and get across the room to pick the movie. Oh, my fat ass ain't doing that.
2: You also, you might be the guy that I think of most when it comes to people who hate moving. So if you're going to be on the move, you're going to want less things
3: to move as well. You mean like not like moving physically? I'm not that much of a thought. You mean like moving from home to home? Yes. Yeah. yeah I mean, I mean <laughs> let's be honest. Just moving generally is not my favorite thing. No, you're probably <laughs> in the majority there. I, I love moving. I'm crazy though. So uh <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, move, moving, uh moving from home to home. I've I've done it a lot and that's definitely been yes.
2: uh, Travis sacrifice. hates moving. He hates getting up. Yeah, no, it's not like that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> old, old Bed Sores Roy strikes again. <laughs> yep. yeah, Turn
4: me cool. over. Bed Sores.
2: Give it to me, man. Best bargain Dude, man ever. I-
4: I mean, I was not much of a bargain bin guy, but I was recently at Dollar General and I picked up this beautiful Blu-ray of Taken for four ninety nine. Oh, yeah. Nice. Wow. Along team. with a three ninety nine copy of Sideways and then a four ninety nine copy of Prisoners. I, I mean, all right. It's still unopened, as are the other two. But like, when you see a price like that, and it's a Blu-ray, not like some like uh, mobile gas station knockoff that they're trying to sell. <laughs> You have to pull the trigger. But the fact of the matter is, this is the digital age. And when we prepare for this episode, I own the Blair Witch Project on DVD. But I didn't want to go upstairs (laughs) where my DVD player was. So I fucking was willing to spend the $4 to rent it. (laughs) So I I could enjoy the comfort of my beautiful living room. $4? I
3: I rented it for $1 through Amazon Prime. You got hosed. I I got hosed. But the fact is... This is 2020,
4: all right? These, these have gone the way of the Dodo, and you want your content right now,
3: all right? It's over. I, I, I disagree with that, actually. I, I don't think they've gone the way of the Dodo, and I, I don't think it's over. I think f- physical media is not going away for hardcore collectors. I would like to get back in to collecting again, and I know that there are many people that we follow on Instagram that like their living rooms are impressive treasures yeah. of film, uh, and, and I do respect that quite a bit.
2: Yeah, our buddy Aaron has quite the uh, collection in his house. It takes yeah. space, though.
4: I mean, it takes a lot of space. And, oh, like, yeah. There's like 50 versions of like Evil Dead on DVD. You can't keep know. up with that.
3: The three of us move and rent a lot. so. <laughs> it's true.
2: Yeah. If you're a homeowner, Not... you,
3: you might actually, you
2: know. I think that's a very important part. Being a homeowner matters. Uh, of course, Eric, he...
3: you are a homeowner now. I take that back. I
2: take that's that right. Back. Yeah, he is. So congratulations, Eric. Uh, you're the kind of homeowner who can rent Blair Witch Project when you yeah. own a copy <laughs> right up there. <to> <laughs> <Let's> Just remember that. <laughs>
3: Uh, living decadently.
2: For me, it's real simple the the bargain bin, the bargain bin buy, bargain bin buy, bargain bin buy. That always stand out to me is the bippin Uh I got way of the gun for like a couple bucks in a Walmart bin, like 2004, and that was it. I that was a great one. I still have the copy, I believe, to this day. And I only have. It's funny you mentioned our collections and stuff. I see. I think like six DVDs. That's all I have now. I used to have a shitload of them, but uh, I downsized. So, Uh, And uh, I kind of regret it because I got some that were rare and that's the big regret is losing the rare ones that you won't be able to stream quite as easily. That's the big regret for me. But otherwise, I don't really care anymore. So yeah, there you go. Once upon a time in Hollywood, another bargain bin.
4: But once again, I bought this for $20 once upon a time in Hollywood because I love this movie, but
2: that's not a bargain.
4: There's no DVD player down here, so I got the trial version of Cinemax, so I could watch it without <laughs> with the click of a button. And I forgot to cancel my trial subscription, so now I'm out
3: another fucking ten dollars. Clearly, one of us hates moving more than the other. I, I think. <laughs> yeah, I may
2: have been wrong, Travis. I apologize. Uh Eric, DVD players are probably cheap as hell. So I mean, it's probably like five dollars. I bet you could get so. one for five dollars. So anyway, it's just sweet throwing that. Out there.
3: Quentin Tarantino, dude. That's, that's just... <laughs>
2: I'd love to hear about everybody else's bargain bin buys. What have you guys stolen for a steal of a deal from your local Walmart or Meyer or uh, whatever the hell they We're call it? Or like? right. oh, yeah, shoplifting. Pic- love-
3: yeah. Take a picture of yourself shoplifting.
2: <laughs> take a picture of yourself. Be a fool and get arrested by putting your evidence online. We'd welcome that. CinemaNinePod at ProtimeMail.com. DM us the show at Cinema 9 Pod on Twitter and Instagram is Nine Pod. What is it? Who fucking knows? Who cares? CinemaNinePod on Instagram. You'll find it. Okay. So let's get to our uh, quarantine viewing picks. We haven't done that yet. And I got to tell you, I'm really looking forward to what you guys are offering. Since it's the Halloween edition of the show, I'm expecting scary movies galore from both of you. Travis, let's get the ball
3: rolling. I'm a leprechaun, me dear. Well, I've, I'm in quarantine again. So it's I'm, I'm I'm hitting those big numbers again, like in the early days. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm, I've been watching a lot of movies, and uh, I've been watching a lot of horror movies. Um, so I'm going to talk about some of them, some new favorites, before we get into my old favorites uh, um, later on. But I watched Phantasm from 1979, which I had never seen before. It's one of those movies I've heard of a million times, you know? And I don't, it was like, I'll, I'll see it. I'll get around to it. And I it was one of those movies, as soon as I watched it, I was mad at myself for not watching it sooner. Um, I feel like I missed out. It's 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 really often you can see things where you feel like, hey, this is clearly influenced by Stephen King and the writer of the of the of the director like he says it was influenced by Stephen King, but it came out in seventy nine and I think that King was probably uh, influenced by it in turn. To be honest, um, I watched Borat's subsequent movie film. I won't say too much about it because everyone else is saying a lot about it, but I will say that I liked it. Um, I yeah, watched it. That. Yeah, it's 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 great. It, it's it's really pretty great. Uh, It's super weird to watch. I will say this. It's super weird to watch like speaking of like found footage and like documentary style films and stuff like to see like a, a fictional plot. With real life people, like there's this moment, like everyone knows Rudy Giuliani's in the movie. There's this moment where, like Borat, Borat and his fake daughter, are, like off in the hallway, like whispering to each other about like the plot of the movie, and like Rudy Giuliani's like, sitting off to the side, like this is really happening, like he's like a real person. That's like, <laughs> it's such like a weird web of. Anyways, that's why um, the first one was so great. Yeah, so that sounds yeah, good. Yeah, so so he struck again. Um, I watched Night of the Demons from 1988, which oh, I've yeah. seen before, which is a lot of fun, good horror, solid horror. I watched Creep 2 which uh, from 2017 with Mark Duplass, which oh, I had cool. not seen before. And I will say that I might look like I can eat you up, but I'm as friendly as a rabbit. I've been doing that for like a fucking week. Hello,
1: my name is Peach Fuzz. I might look like I eat you up, but I'm as friendly as a rabbit. And I'd make a very good friend. He I am here, and there's nothing
2: to fear.
3: <sighs> all week. That's all I've been doing, just walking around whistling that nonstop.
2: I've actually seen both of those, believe it or
3: not. Wow, because Mark that's Duplass. Me like yeah.
2: Well, no, Aaron forced me to as well. Okay. I was living with him, so I was held yeah. hostage
3: against my will. And they're, and they're different kinds of horror movies. They're not just, I mean, like, they're, yeah. they're, different. they're very tense. They're very slow builds.
2: Yeah, uh, it's very, yeah, it's dry. It's a, it's different mm-hmm. game for sure. What the fuck is the name of the fucking in the
3: Peach first Fuzz. Fuzz. Peach Fuzz. Peach
2: Fuzz.
3: He's as friendly as a rabbit. <laughs> funny. Uh, I watched The Stuff from 1985 which had been on the list for a really long time. I was glad to finally get that on the list. We're off yeah, the no,
2: Just The Stuff. Oh, no,
3: just The Stuff, classic horror yeah. film from 85, super fucking funny. I watched John Carpenter's Ghost of Mars. I've been watching all the Guns John Carpenter stuff and like, you know, I, I was like pushing this one back and pushing one back, pushing it back cuz I was so afraid, you know, that it was just going to it was just going to be awful. And I'm here to tell you that it's fucking awful. Like, I, he's, a, <laughs> he's a master, but man, that movie is trash. Um, I watched Random Acts of Violence. If you're familiar with Jay Baruchel, Baruchel, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Baruchel, Baruchel. 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 Uh, this is his directorial debut might be the goriest movie I've ever seen. It's up there. I'd have to rank it as among the top five or six goriest movies i ever seen in my fucking life. Uh, and last but not least, besides The Blair Witch and a couple others that I didn't mention, um, I will say I watched a movie from 2014 called Last Shift, which I had been meaning to see for a really long time. And speaking of John Carpenter, it basically takes the premise of uh, Assault on Precinct, precinct 13
0: mm. and...
3: And puts it on a very supernatural bent, like the mm. last, like it's it's a rookie's first day on the job. It's her, but it's the last shift in this building. And it, it this movie's fucking. It's pretty scary. I watched it uh, today and like in the middle of the day, and it scared the shit out of me. So check it out. Last shift.
2: Wow. Okay. Good stuff. Uh, by the way, Chad says that the stuff scared the crap out of him as a little kid. I don't remember yeah. the stuff at all.
4: Stuff. Uh, Killer yogurt
3: whatever it's literally literally about like the guy like wrote it when he learned about probiotic yogurt uh but also it's a movie in the 80s about like people being changed by white stuff that they can't stop consuming um so there's a lot Ah. more going on there too it's very much an anti-corporation movie it's it's actually it's a lot of fun i
4: liked it larry cohen he also did it's alive and those are that's more than just like a killer baby movie he used to have a lot of interesting things to say back in the day
3: yeah, okay. some social commentary there. And some really fun hammy acting, too. Like some actually surprisingly <laughs> good stuff.
2: Uh, hey, <laughs> yeah. hey, Chad Hambone. How about that? All right. Let's uh, move on to Eric Branstrom. Eric Branstrom, uh, what do you think? What do you got? Do
4: you oh, you I watched 27 you? Dresses with Katherine Heigl and James Martin. <clears throat> that is a horror movie. It <laughs> is.
2: That is. From what Travis tells me, it is a horror film, yes. <laughs>
4: hey look I I had to get a haircut in like 20 minutes and let's put it this way I kind of wanted to wait until it was over until I went to uh get my haircut. so not saying I liked it I'm just saying you know I wouldn't have mind checking out the rest of it but um I took another look at and I've been bashing this film for eight straight years uh Sinister from 2012. it's good I decided to take another look uh yeah, like ninety percent of it is what did really you say? I didn't hear what you said. Good.
2: What was it called? Sinister Sinister.
4: Sinister, thank you. Scott Derrickson directs Ethan Hawke in this really fucking moody and creepy, bizarre movie. Like I said, about 90% of it is fucking awesome. And then I think the studio like tossed in like jump scares and like like the bagul, like the main like creature of it is is like kind of dumb he looks like some like well like an eighth grader would like think is scary and like draw a yeah. journal but yeah. like it's moody it's fucking well directed there's some really scary stuff in it so I, i'm gonna come out and recommend it
1: hi i'm chucky wanna play
4: um i watched a four and a half hour documentary on 80s, 80s horror films called uh in search of darkness if you have shutter it is fun to kind of have in the background, maybe this Saturday when you're like uh, getting the house all ready to go and doing your Halloween thing. Uh, so it introduced me to a lot of uh, new movies. I'm going to have my eye out on. Took a look at the original Creep Show because I also watched all of the new Creep Show episodes on Shudder. They all sucked. Um, <laughs> and it was like sixteen of them. They were they all sucked. But I took a look at the original Creep Show. Like Stephen King stars in one of them. Is Jodie Verrill. Like become like a meteorite hits his house. Have you seen this? And like he starts to like grow into like grass man. I seen Fright Night, not creepy. Stephen King is straight up good in it. Like he's a really good actor in it. Like he's funny and like his reactions are really good. And I thought to myself, remember I was going to make the Stephen King biopic movie, and I was racking my brain for like two weeks. Who the fuck could play Stephen King? (laughs) <laughs> then I started researching uh Joe Hill, his son who's also pretty good writer, a pretty good writer, the spitting image of uh Stephen King and he was the kid in the original creep show film. so take a look. I think he'd make a good uh, depiction of his own father in that biopic. I, I think I'm actually might might try to write that. but I also oh. watched um searching. I've been wanting to watch searching this film with John Cho for quite a few years it's like the first movie to take take place exclusively like within the confines of like uh like the internet because his daughter goes missing and he's trying to find her and he's got to like go on all these websites and like piece together all the information and find out what happened to her hmm. it is a pretty pretty good film worth checking out if, if you can uh, peg it down hmm. uh, but th- that's about it you know i i enjoyed myself
2: good i'm so glad you enjoyed yourself do you like
4: movies (laughs) yeah i'm a fan
2: yeah uh i had never okay good stuff i i had never seen the talented mr ripley and i watched that i've
4: been saving it i've been saving it for uh it does it hold up what'd you think Uh
2: (gasps) (laughs) i thought it was that was all right i thought matt damon wasn't as i thought you know, John Malkovich played Ripley in the wow. follow up. You know, they, there's yeah. like four Ripley movies, I believe, uh, overall really? from. the be- Yeah, from the beginning of time, back in the 60s, Uh the first Ripley movie. And then Malkovich did the follow up called Ripley's Game. And then there was yeah. one more where uh someone else played Ripley. I think Barry Pepper, I want to say uh, I could be wrong on that. Yeah. So anyways, I thought Matt Damon uh, was good in spots. But then sometimes I felt like maybe it was the character, the way it was written. It was just I don't know. I didn't. Uh, I didn't love it as much, but I thought it was pretty entertaining. I definitely enjoyed it overall. And love it. Uh,
3: sexy Philip Seymour Hoffman in that movie. Straight up sexy.
2: Yeah, Tom. Yeah, Tom. He's really he's this big time guy in Italy and everywhere all over the world. No, so. no,
3: Tom is Tom Ripley. But he's, oh, he's shit. A th- what's his Tom? name? Tom How's Bill the people, Franklin? Tom? Um, yeah, that's right. But, oh, the, fuck, I mean. Uh Freddy. Freddie! Hey,
2: good job, good job. I called him Cod.
4: Hey, your name?
3: God. God, the, God. Fish. God. God. <laughs> Where the so fuck?
2: okay so that was dumb uh i watched the crow last week dang just kidding uh i watched a couple of films that really hit me hard i think i mentioned it to you travis but the social dilemma is a documentary and i was really blown away by it yeah i it. watched it actually you did yeah uh, i thought it was uh i thought it'd be useful for high school students uh i don't know if you agree with that but i'm it's a powerful message about from people who know what's going on in the inside. That's why I like it because we all kind of know that social media is rigged to make you feel certain things.
0: <laughs>
2: uh, so it's not like a revelation, but the fact that people from the inside that basically built a lot of this stuff gives it relevance. Uh, I don't know if you want anything to that, or since Eric hasn't seen it, we can't talk about it.
3: No, it's, I got nothing to add to that. It turns out social okay. media is not great. Go figure. <laughs> i poppers
2: uh i did i told you i watched the trial of the chicago seven and i didn't love it as much as i wanted to um did all of us watch it i've already seen it
4: i yeah i started it but like i fell asleep i might get around to it i might not but
2: yeah well i can't blame you uh i really was excited for this and it didn't hit me like i wanted it to hit me sasha baron cohen fantastic it's definitely sasha baron cohen hour right now he's on fire Mm. And I, it only makes me think of how good he would have been as Freddie Mercury if he could have kept <sighs> could have that fucking rolling, yeah, you know? Yes, yeah. I, yes, yes. Okay, we'll, we'll leave that there. Uh, I also watched Molly's Game, 2017 film okay. about the real Molly Bloom, who That's ran. A good movie. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Idris Working. Alba and her uh, Jessica Chastain stars as Molly. And apparently the poker player, Player X, is Michael Sarah, But in real life, it's Tobey Maguire.
3: <laughs> so
2: a yeah. little fun fact.
3: Try not feeling differently about Tobey Maguire after watching that movie, right? Uh, yeah. You
2: wonder why he's disappeared because he doesn't yeah. get fucked fuck on anything anymore. <laughs> <little> probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. he does. not a great guy. Um, uh, okay. You also watched this film, so I watched it. It was fucking terrible. On the rocks. This <laughs> new film, Bill Murray. <laughs> I liked and,
3: it. Uh, Rashida Jones, Rashida
2: yeah. Jones, and Marlon Wayans. Good to see Marlon Wayans. Uh, that was a surprise. I was yeah. like, "Oh, Marlon Wayans is in this." And boy, it's fucking terrible, but man. You're
4: usually really- the first guy to support of any Sofia Coppola effort. And I'm usually the first one to tear.
3: I'm usually the first one to tear her down. Yeah, you're uh, absolutely right. But I, I, I guess that makes sense that you would be disappointed that I would like it because I, I felt like it was a mature and like less. <sighs> I don't know if that makes True. sense, kind of movie. I, I uh, like a less like, floaty and airy and kind of like moody film. Yeah. I thought it was a more like uh, slice of life, realistic depiction of uh, of a family, of of a, of, a, of, of, of you know, different characters. And, and I just, and she, I mean, she, let's not, I mean, at least tell me that you thought that Bill Murray did good. I mean, it's a charming fucking role. I mean, it's, no, nothing. All
2: right. That was actually one of the things that, yeah. I, I mean, he was good. Yeah, he was good, and she was good. the ca- The acting is good, but I just didn't. It was definitely everything you said. I agree with everything you just said about it being like less moody and it was really straightforward and like grounded in a, in a way that's not yeah. always her thing. <laughs> yeah, and I really like knows. I like grounded. I mean, I like Noah Bomback. His stuff's really grounded. Do you, Do you like <laughs> Noah Bomback? Really? <laughs> oddly I'm enough, saying, like... yeah. Oddly enough, I did, did. You know, TV. I like Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't heard that yet, uh, but I gotta listen to this podcast. Maybe I'll learn a thing. Uh, I watched I know Parker, Parker Posey. I'm back too. Parker Posey, you love her. Greenberg is a great film. Ben Stiller's so good in Greenberg. I watched it last night and I loved it. It's so good. He's so good in it. The writing is outstanding, and Reese Ifans is outstanding oh, as his yeah. uh, buddy who's like struggling in recovery. I I like that little relationship they had. And Mark Duplass just shows up for a minute as a dick, and it's funny, and then he just disappears. It's like he came on set for one day. Hey, play this guy. See ya. That's probably what happened. And another real-life, true-to-life movie. I watched the Steve Jobs. Not the shitty Ashton Kutcher one, but the Michael Fassbender, Aaron Sorkin written. one. it was it's great. It's Yeah.
3: You had a very Sorkin week, didn't you?
2: Yeah, I did. You're right. I had, yeah, I had Molly's game and the uh, Chicago. Yeah. It was a very Sorkin week. Uh, Eric,
4: you like the, you like that job. Is it called Steve jobs or is it jo- this just job jobs?
3: This one's just
2: Jobs. No, I, you're right. You're right. It's Steve jobs. Sorry.
4: I thought it was awesome. And uh, Sorkin was cranked up to 11 on it. It was, it was so <laughs> Sorkin. That's what I was missing <laughs> with Chicago 7. It just seemed a little bit limp to me. That's why I, I didn't finish it up. It's so Sorkin. It's like, no one would ever say these lines in real life. It's just a clearly lit, <laughs> written by a playwright, but I love it. I love the energy of it. I like the way they shot it in like different digital formats dependent on the decade. I thought Michael Fassbender did a fucking awesome job.
2: So funny! It is so
4: Sorkin. It's so Sorkin.
2: <laughs> it's him and and uh yo know, uh Seth, I gotta compose myself. I'm sorry. That was really funny. That's Seth Rogen, outstanding as uh, uh what's the name? Wozniak yeah Steve Wozniak and of course Kate Winslet is always her amazing self so her you know Winslet and Fastbender going back and forth is pretty good stuff I'll get in that and you read right. it's very very sorkin uh I watched fear because I saw someone else watching fear or somebody <laughs> I fear. yeah someone made me think of fear so I had to watch fear I fucking love fear, fear. I had a box copy forever it's what I think Mark Wahlberg really started creating <laughs> Boogie Nights gets a lot of credit but people loved him in fear and that led to Boogie Nights so just
4: saying basketball diaries remember that we should take another look at that okay that's true too yeah
2: you put both those together in 95 then he does fear 96 and boogie nights happens 97 okay fair enough happening Uh, uh, (laughs) someone's always gonna do that that's fucking funny it's it's it's
3: it's his legacy
2: (laughs) oh man that is cool. it's true though uh and then of course i watched uh all the right moves, a 1983 <laughs> movie that was supposed to be like a showdown to Flashdance. You have Flashdance about a small town steel mill dance. girl who's trying to dance her way out of town, right? Yeah, great. Jennifer movie. Beals. Yeah, I've never actually seen Flashdance, but I've seen all the right moves. And this was like Tom Cruise's response to that. And it's directed by a, a very famous cinematographer, um, Michael Chapman. He died this year. Like, if you look at his uh bio, he's done some big-time movies. He did Raging Bull, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and he died this year, so uh, rest in peace, rest in in power, Mr. Uh, Chapman. Uh, But All the Right Moves is dumb. It's real fucking dumb. But it's 80s, and it's kind of fun.
4: Craig T. Nelson.
2: Uh, I I love Craig T. Nelson. I don't know why. And if he's in a movie, I want to watch it.
4: I don't know why. I I watched it a few months ago. I couldn't possibly care any less about sports, (laughs) any sport. But I did enjoy it. I like Craig T. Nelson. I like the story. I love Leah Thompson, uh, uh, obviously. And uh, yeah. I, I just thought it was a fun small town movie.
2: I purposely didn't go there be- just for Travis. I was trying to give him a, a break. You know, I'm Leah Thompson. There. Oh, why? Wow. She yeah. made it the movie and you masturbated. I not ask No.
4: No. Uh, no.
2: Maybe, Maybe. Okay. So, anyways, yeah. So, and uh, lastly, I watched something called Coffee Town, which was fucking. Disappointing, and I wanted it to be funny. It stars uh Glenn Howerton of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, known as Dennis. Oh, yeah, on yeah, it's, it's great. Sunny.
0: I really like It's basically lot.
2: just about a cough It's got him and the sidekick from uh Eastbound and Down, the sidekick bozo dude who's like Kenny Powers. He beats yeah, yeah. on him and he takes advantage of a lot. And uh, the ben the Schwartz. yeah, the dude the face, and Ben
3: Schwartz, who's pretty well known. <laughs> I love Ben Schwartz. It sounds like a good team up. Wasn't yeah, good, huh? I
2: that's why I was excited about it, but eh, it's kind of huh. dry. There was one thing called something. Uh, I want to say one thing. It was a joke called a poop chipper, and I never heard that, <laughs> and it made me laugh. I will say that. The poop chipper joke made me laugh, but otherwise, eh, not so much.
3: Okay. So good good going on whoever wrote the poop chipper joke. <laughs> rest I don't of the movie, know. not so much. I don't
2: know if they came up with that in improv, like they were just kind of freestyling, or if it was actually written that way. I, I can't confirm that. Hut, hut yes hot hot good sir all right so there's uh, our viewing picks check them out you know if you want to watch them great if you want to tell us to fuck off we understand because what do we know we're just average moviegoers like yourself it's a couple of dudes couple of dudes uh okay so having said that are we ready
3: to talk Blair Witch
2: uh are we gonna talk about horror movies
3: or are we just skipping that entirely I thought we were well, talking thought, horror movies. I I thought we were going to include that, but we could talk more horror movies. I'm totally down. I thought we were talking favorite horror movies. I got a whole list going. Eric, did you get a list right. of favorite let's horror movies? Let's do it? it. Let's fucking you... do it right now. Let's go. I mean, we do, do have it, to get to Blair Witch eventually. Yeah, what, that, am I mistaken?
4: You're not mistaken. I broke the, Yeah, I kind of broke it down in a certain way, but yeah, let's let's jump into oh, it. Spend a little bit. It's the big Halloween episode. Well,
2: I'm
1: getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? Oh, just some scary movie. You like scary? Uh uh-huh what's your favorite scary
3: movie fucking a right let's do it travis here we go all right um i'm gonna throw out some some honorable mentions that either we have mentioned on the show enough or other people have mentioned in the world so i'm not gonna spend too much time on them but the void the thing prince of darkness and the moth of madness pretty much most uh john carpenter movies that aren't ghosts of mars by the way, out. we did In
2: the Mouth of Mandus on this show several months ago, so if you we, want to go back and listen to that episode, check it out.
3: We did do an In the Mouth of episode. And episode, uh, and Get Out, I think all of those deserve some special mention. Um, get Out's a horror movie? Get Out is a horror movie. Absolutely, fucking it's a horror movie. Um, But I'm going to throw out um, some, you know, there's so many that I want to cover, but we don't have all the time in the world. (laughs) I will say that Fright Night from 1985 is like, it's one of those movies I really enjoyed growing up. I I just love it more and more and more. Every time I watch it, the music, the the plot, the acting, everything about it is just so much fun. Hello, (laughs) everyone. You don't have to be afraid of me.
4: What it's like being different they won't pick on you anymore or beat you up
3: i'll see you today um the mess i th- want to
2: say one thing i'm sorry i just have to interrupt real quick uh fright night gave way to a great phrase we came up with as uh you know 20 somethings fright beats so i just want to
4: make oh, a yeah.
3: tribute to fright beats came from Fright, fright Night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a beer. Marcy Darcy. Someone too too frightened to masturbate. That's, that was the joke. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Oh, no, oh no, 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 no. You... no, no. You had yeah. to masturbate while yeah. being terrified at the same time. Yeah. I believe <laughs> that was. Um, obviously, our sense of humor on the show has some limitations. It was funny <laughs> at the time. I don't know. Um, I also want to give it up to, to um, shut that dog up. I also want to give it up to uh, your Next from, from, from 2011, Adam Wingard's just fun fucking slasher survival movie. Um, Ravenous, I'm a huge fan of. Oh, yeah. I'm a huge fan of Ravenous. I'm a huge fan of The Crazies, the remake from 2010. I really like that with Timothy Olyphant. Um, Cabin in the Woods, I'm a big fan of. And last but not least, I got to wrap it up somewhere. If I had to recommend one movie that you probably haven't heard of, maybe you haven't heard of. Um, but you need a good horror movie. There's a movie from 2016 called A Dark Song that is so unsettling and terrifying about a woman that's doing like a six month um, ritual trapped in a house with a like a, a warlock type dude, like modern times. And um, they're trying to uh, not resurrect, but like a necro, they're trying to do some necromancy communicate with her dead son. And it is like a slow Fucking burn that will leave you really unsettled, and so that's my main recommendation: a dark song.
2: Oh, wow, okay, that's that's quite a list. I was I knew you'd come with it, and that's I got a lot of movies to watch. If I have not seen almost any of those, so I left a I bunch off. I got
3: I got. I'm looking at all the ones I didn't mention, but I got to stop some. <laughs> oh, I know it
2: hurts. I know it hurts. Let, it's it's Halloween.
3: Okay. <laughs> Eric Branstrom, um,
2: did you guys communicate like off screen before this so that? you both like certain movies would be mentioned for sure
4: or no i don't think we'll overlap because i kind of just I, I broke down my mind into categories because i could spend three hours naming all my favorite ones but um i broke it down into like scariest what i consider the best and what is my personal favorite so oh. in terms of like literally just uh like visceral horror that like actually still scares me as a 40 year old man it is 1974 to toby hooper's masterpiece texas chainsaw massacre um it is just it's still fucking scary. If you're alone in the dark, it's 1 a.m. and you're watching it, your blood will be pumping, your heart will be beating fast. It is very fucking scary. From a technical aspect, movie, movie horror movie that's like the most fun for me to like investigate, read about, rewatch and see how they made it, this that. It's clearly the shining by Stanley Kubrick. Um you're about to ruin the show. You're about to see, about to see a found-footage horror movie where a man kills a sweet two-year-old Boston Terrier.
2: That would never happen on the show. Just for the record,
4: <laughs> uh, I consider The Exorcist, uh, Bill Friedkin's film, to be the
3: best horror movie ever made. I'd like you to know that I'm sitting next to both my dogs right now. By the way, my dogs are just ridiculously well-behaved. <laughs>
2: look at this dog. Yeah, and
3: he's sitting next to his dog too. There are there are, there were three <laughs> other dogs besides the ones making noise right now. Just for the record. Right <laughs>
2: That is. Those are facts. I mean, what can I say? Well, That's I think
3: right. we should just go to Blair Witch now. He's he's got up and walked away. Hey, Let's just go. All right. all right. So we're moving on to Blair Witch Project. He just
2: wants to be held. That's all it is. Attention. <laughs> right. Anyways, Eric. Yeah. So you were saying, right. Bill Friedkin. Bill Friedkin. Right. Oh yeah.
1: Bill Friedkin. A- it's the power of
0: Christ that compels you. The power of Christ. <laughs> that the power of Christ compels you.
1: The power of Christ compels
4: you! The power of Christ compels you! The Exorcist, uh, best horror film ever made, bar none, period. Nothing will ever be as good as that film in terms of a horror movie. But, after a straight week of thinking about what my favorite is, personal favorite, this was a really hard decision. I lost sleep. Um, (laughs) I, I haven't slept in 36 hours, but I finally narrowed it down. And God love me, this is just a personal favorite. It God is <clears throat> it is uh Tommy Lee Wallace's it, the miniseries from 1990 for mm-hmm. a lot of different reasons. i could I could never get sick of it. It's the first mo- horror movie I really remember watching like as a nine year old that had a huge impact on me, and I genuinely, genuinely think it's a really well done, cool, fun horror movie to watch.
2: Oh, huh. I never saw the original it. I didn't see the follow up either, or like the new one either. So horrible.
3: The first one was good.
2: It the was first.
3: OK. The first of the new ones was good.
2: I thought maybe somebody would mention uh, some of the newer ones. They haven't made the cut or maybe they did. And you just couldn't. You didn't. Uh,
3: uh, Hereditary was supposed to be on my. Ah, on the yeah. Ones I wasn't going to mention but was it wasn't going to go too deeply in because everyone knows it's great. It's yeah. unbelievable, but it's like like I I really
4: don't ever want to see it again because it's it's really hard to sit through. I mean, it's like so real. It's
3: so there's that so and, much turmoil. Yeah, that and Midsummer both left huge impressions on me, and I will watch them again, but not a lot. I I will watch everything that Ari Aster does for the rest of his career, yeah. but I probably won't watch those over and over again. Exactly. I, cer- I certainly will watch them again, but the the opening of Midsummer and um, the I guess middle of hereditary just so fucking brutal
4: so fucking good best film of the past 10 years is it follows in my opinion that's they're very sparse in the 2010s i'd say
3: what about get the out quiet you guys like the quiet i didn't like i mean you mean the quiet place you mean
2: oh yeah whatever i was thinking of paul freeling's
3: <sighs> never released
2: film 2005's the quiet we never saw yeah, i got a
3: hernia from making that movie i remember, <laughs> um,
2: remember um, mike that guy mike i got yeah, what happened to that guy where'd he go Guy mike
3: He's a good uh, guy. Yeah, he was a nice guy. Um, uh, yeah, what are we talking about? What's happening? Let's get the blurb. Uh, <laughs> it's not called. Quiet the- Play, yeah, Quiet Place. Yeah. Great, great oh, movie. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, I don't know if it's great. It's a movie. A sequel? They made a sequel, but they've they've not held it on to it. They've not held on to it. Um, uh, because, uh, OK, oh, COVID. Um, or they're not released it is what I'm, the words I'm trying to say. Mm, COVID. Yeah, that's a thing you've heard of. It. Hey, you guys want to talk COVID for the rest of the show? It sounds fun. People like that. Hey, you want to get ratings? Talk covet. No,
2: okay. Uh, Mike, do I, you have a favorite horror movie? Well, I I, put, I wrote some things down. Let's hear it. And uh, I gotta tell you, I don't know if this counts, but I really like uh, The Ninth Gate.
4: You guys remember oh that one? Yeah yeah, 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 That's a horror oh movie. Frank horror Langella, drama? Roman yeah. Polanski,
2: Johnny. It is a Roman Polanski film, so I know that could um, be questionable, you're canceled.
4: But... You're canceled, Damn. Mike. It's over.
2: But it's got Frank Langella and Johnny Depp. That's fun, right? That is fun. All right, you're uncancelled. Yes. <laughs> okay. I don't know. It's like a person I really enjoy that film and it's scary. It's good. You know I mean it's about like the devil and it, shit, it, right?
3: It bombed. It bombed. I remember being oh, pretty bombed. unsettled by that one. Yeah.
2: It definitely bombed. That's true. So I like that movie. I always did. Uh yeah, I don't know if we caught this either. I love Club Dread. It's a stupid ass movie, but it is supposed to be like a scary movie. So it's dumb as fuck. It makes me laugh. I like those guys. What can I tell you? Uh the ones that really stuck with me at a younger age. I mentioned The Gate, uh, but I also Christine really scared the fuck out of me. <laughs> this a killer car. car. Yeah, that was that was tough. Uh, Stephen King got into me. I will say the first time I saw Nightmare on Elm Street when I was like yeah. six or seven, <laughs> it was, that was not cool. That really freaked me out. But the all-time <laughs> freak out, the one that really just scared the crap out of me truly, completely, is the original Pet Cemetery. It just scarred me for life. Uh,
3: Be- because kids can die.
2: Yes! Yes! And they, they can jotted. die. Gauge. They, that rolling foot uh, shoot! Day. I mean, Jesus Christ, man! I was yeah. way too young for that. It was—I I mean, RoboCop was easier to take than that. But uh, well, he wasn't shooting any kids. Luckily, <laughs> he would—he yeah. he yeah. actually,
3: actually couldn't. It was against his programming as per RoboCop. Tech. Well, yeah,
2: that's right. Uphold the law. Uh,
4: you <laughs>
3: don't know. shoot I, kids. Can,
2: yeah. So, shoot. Mike, if,
3: if let's say Aaron Sorkin makes
4: his first <laughs> horror movie, it's about COVID. It takes place during Ooh. 2020. It's about wow. COVID. Like, uh. Like a high-end business exec gets caught up in COVID. Whatever, whatever. What would the plot be for an Aaron Sorkin horror movie? (laughs)
2: Uh, It would probably take place in like a fancy house with like upper middle class people. Yeah, a lot of wine and uh, a lot (laughs) of jokes. But then it'll kind of be like the it'll be better dialogue and it'll be really fast paced, quick dialogue. Things don't people don't say. And uh, it'll be (laughs) kind of like that movie. uh, What's the one where uh, Seth Rogen and all their buddies, they get stuck? And the end of the world. It, you know? the, this is the this is the this, end. Right? This is the end. Yeah, it'll probably yeah. be something like that. But it would be more fast paced dialogue. So,
3: all right. I, w- I will say this real quick. I have seen the 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 first two, and so far, both good coronavirus movies. I have dreaded like when Hollywood would catch up with the coronavirus. But Borat two deals with it fairly well, and hosts the new horror movie on Shudder that I uh, I really enjoyed, handles COVID uh, pretty well as well. Um, so I would, if you're, if you're looking for, like, I, I didn't think that anyone would like any, I was not, I was like dreading these, this, this, this theme coming out in movies, you know, but so far the two that I've seen actually handled it pretty well. You didn't see Corona zombies. I missed that one. I missed
2: that one. Right. I haven't seen that one either, but I'll tell you what. If you guys want to give us your favorite Halloween movies of all time, please share, and we'll talk about them next week. We'll wrap it up, put a bow on it, or, uh, you know, a wrapper on it, I guess, because of candy. Cinnamon iPod at ProtonMail.com, Cinnamon iPod on Twitter and Instagram, all your favorite social medias. Facebook, I always forget that one. Come and share with us. Share with us, baby. Share. All right. Let's get to it. God damn it.
3: Was, was that an adam sandler was that what was that, that was yes I watched, ball. I watched hubie yeah. halloween also oh. it was it was trash oh i haven't oh. seen that one i've, and, I've watched it I I, I I love it but anyways you know yeah it was trash yeah. all right so so there's this movie called blair witch project that came out in 1999 right. should
2: we discuss mm-hmm. it it's called the blair witch project and it's called the segment does it hold up 1999's blair witch project has been 21 years since it came out
1: Josh, none of us do. I know. I know you don't. Whatever it is is going to come back. We know that for a fact. We don't know that for a fact. Well, it came three nights in a row, and I it's getting worse every night. I would love to hear this right now. I really would. I'm just trying to say know. that, you know, we have to... I know. Rationally say they, they might they might very well go on forever compared to our footsteps.
0: Not, not possible. Not possible. Possible in this country. Not, not possible. possible. Because this is America true. and it's not possible. We've destroyed America, most of our natural resources. Let's just keep going.
1: No, oh, that's the tree we crossed. That tree down. That's the same one. Oh God! No. Oh. No. you got to be kidding me! This
0: is a joke. No. This is not funny. Mike, just please stop. Please, please stop. Please stop. Please oh, stop. No. no. No, Mike. It's not the same lock. It's not the same log, Mike. Look, it's not. It is!
1: Open your eyes!
0: It's not the same log. It's not not the same log. Okay, it's okay,
2: it's okay, it's okay. It's Josh, 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 Josh. All I could think of was fucking Josh. The whole as soon as Josh disappeared, spoiler alert, (laughs) they're yelling Josh, Josh, and I was just like, I couldn't stop thinking of our friend Josh and an awful, awful chant that is probably the most banal (laughs) pointless chant of any chant we ever came up with, Josh. That's it. And uh, I I couldn't get past it, but having said that, let's take a look. Let's go back in time,
3: (laughs) 1999. Hang hang, hang on. Let me just back up. That is like the weirdest fucking inside joke to try and explain to somebody ever. Yeah, we (laughs) have a friend named Josh, so sometimes we'd say the word Josh a bunch. (laughs) That's that's it. That's the inside joke. And we're not even friends with the guy anymore. Most of us aren't. I sure am not. Yep. And we um, have to remind but, you. It's uh, even I haven't but, seen him in a while. I don't
2: know. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. Maybe we'll explain it another day. Anywho. So it's 1999. We're a year out of high school. We're, we think we have it all, man. We're 19 going on 19. We, we conquered we the did. world. We know everything. And this movie came out. And it really was a huge hit. It was a big deal. And. You said on last week's show, Travis, that, or one of you did, that
3: this was the first found footage film. Basically, are we in, in completion? Yeah, the, the the first found footage film. There, there was the Mongo films, like Cannibal Holocaust, very famously before this, but this was the first one to, from beginning to end, be a found footage film. But a question that occurred to me while I was right while I was watching this movie is. How is found footage horror really any different from a mockumentary? Hmm.
2: Let's think on that for a minute uh, and get back to that, because I think that's a really good question. I'd like yeah. to think about it for a minute. But first, got to take a back in time, Travis. Do you remember? Did you see this movie when it came out? Were you excited about it? I mean, if you like scary movies, you always have. I assume this was something that you had to go see in the theater.
3: Yeah, I, I had to see it in theater. This is, this is also one of the first viral marketing campaigns, at least in my memory, um, because this this oh. was not just advertised – this was advertised on TV, of course, like with with like classic trailers. This was also advertised with a short documentary that was aired on the Sci-Fi Channel called "Curse of Blair Witch" in advance, <laughs> and it was also advertised extensively on the internet. Which in 1999, we're still talking internet v. point
2: Oh shit! So uh, when they mention that the guy says, "Yeah, I think I saw something about it on Discovery Channel," that really happened
3: because they said uh, the guy
2: says in the movie early on in the in the film
3: well yeah it wouldn't have been discovery channel but it would have been the sci-fi channel yeah it's oh, well, shit. Oh, well, well no well, no, no got, okay no i take that back because um it was filmed i mean like the the documentary was released shortly before the movie was released as as, as uh, to amp people people up but there was a lot of improv improv actors that were brought in uh some of them brought into the like like the ones that they're interviewing in town like donahue and josh and mike they don't they didn't even know that these were um Actors that they were improv actors that that were that were claiming to know foreknowledge of the myth of the Blair Witch, so, so that's why they're like, oh, like really? And because they, like they even they started to think that the myth was they they actually started recording thinking that the myth was a real myth.
2: Okay, so did you like it when you saw it? Do you remember your feelings about it or?
3: I I mostly just remember like people like throwing up in the theaters and that being like the story that people got couldn't people got like stomach sick, like for like like motion sickness from 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 the jostling camera. Oh. Um, and then I saw it in theaters and I remember not throwing up. Well, that's good.
2: Uh, you know, I know you pee a lot, but it sounds like you got a tough stomach. Impressive. Well done. Uh, all right. Eric Branstrom, you chose this film and I'm sure you saw
4: it when it came out, dude. The AMC Livonia 20 was at a full capacity crowd in 1990, right off Haggerty Road there. Um, It is the first movie I've ever seen in a theater on the stairs. Okay. Mm. It was so full and so many people must have like snuck in that I had to watch the goddamn movie on like the stairs next to the exit sign, but I didn't care. I had been waiting for this forever. Um, At first I thought it was a sequel to the last broadcast, which is a, found footage film from 1998 about a small documentary team that goes out in search of the Jersey Devil. Um no, no one really talks about that, but like that was doing its thing a little bit before before this and it's actually a pretty fucking cool movie. Um but this
3: was it was made, it was made for TV though, wasn't it?
4: I don't I don't remember it, but I do remember I think it was 1998. It was before this and I remember digging it and talking about it a little bit, but Um, But yeah, um, for the life of me, for the past week, I've been trying to dig into the deep recesses of my brain to try to figure out if I knew this was a gimmick or if I stayed away from the internet and thought that it was real. I can't remember. So, and that will, that will affect your viewing experience, obviously. But I remember leaving the theater, you know, I remember seeing it. It was uh, huge. It was huge that year. It came out the same day as the fucking haunting Yon debont film trash that we talked about last week.
2: <laughs> you know, it says, by the way, the last broadcast was released theatrically. Uh, oh, all right. Record. <clears throat> cool uh, wow. I, I remembered, uh, you know, by the way, yeah. Chad's, uh, Chad's viewing with us and he had a friend tell him that uh, it was found footage and they just released it. And Chad wasn't sure if it was real or not. That's pretty cool. Huh. That must have made it more intense. Uh I remember when it came out and I was annoyed by the whole thing, the marketing <laughs> campaign, uh, the constant commercials of the, you know, some of the shots that have become legacy now. I was like, what is this trash? Why are people talking about it? Uh, <laughs> that's about it. That's all I can recall of it. I definitely never watched it. So, uh, but I do remember people talking about it a lot, a lot. It was in my face a lot. You couldn't really hide from it for a minute.
3: So and I'll that's why you didn't watch it, right?
2: Ah, uh, that is actually a good point. Yeah, I will admit a uh, tr- tremendously much more contrarian back when I was 18 19 years old. So it's important mm-hmm. to remember and go back what your mindset was. That is a very good point, Travis. Very good point. I do know uh, you you do. That's and I'm glad you do cuz the people need to know that I was very much a contrarian douchebag. <laughs> All right. Was I think I've grown a bit. Come on. All right. Josh. Josh. Yeah! <laughs> uh, the Blair Witch project, uh, you guys care to guess what the rating is at IMDB?
3: S- Legacy S- films six
4: point
2: oh, six? oh 6.4 Wow, you guys are both right between at six point5. Wow. Right. Shit. So it's,
4: right.
2: it's not Good like luck. it's not like uh rated as like a classic. That's interesting. Uh, we'll get more into that, of course. And we're going to talk about Travis's point, too, about this mockumentary style. I really find that to be fascinating. Uh, if you guys are listening to the show live right here, thanks for joining us. We always like having people on the live stream. And don't forget to email the show. CinemaNinePod at com. You can DM us on CinemaNinePod. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Yeah, Woohoo! Whippy! Rotten Tomatoes is a place where people review films. And they give criticisms of those films. Have you guys uh, heard of this? Are you all right?
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: um yeah i actually signed up for uh rotten tomatoes for the first time recently to to rate something i don't remember what it was that i rated but it was so important to me i signed up uh, <laughs> i think i think it was host actually i think it was host
2: oh, i love the passion i gotta sign up and rate this film it's too good that, yeah yeah <laughs> uh, it gets an 86 an 86 from the critics that is high i just I got a lot of things to say about that. The audience tips over the bucket, though. The popcorn is on the floor. Uh,
3: 56
2: percent. That is the other
3: way. Wow. I thought the the critics would hate it. and The audience would love it. Yeah, I completely agree. Wow. Uh, I'm kind of stunned because
2: I actually didn't look at the numbers till uh, I just pulled it up. And I got to say, I completely agree with you, Travis. I mean, wouldn't the critics have wasn't the fan base, the ones that made this movie happen back in the day?
4: I
3: think the marketing made this movie happen.
4: Yes. You just had to see what all the hoopla was about. You just had to be there.
3: Right. So whether you yeah. walked out of
4: the theater, happy or not, either way it made $250 million and got your fucking money. So, <laughs>
2: so it was more of a FOMO most likely then. Right.
4: Okay. would you I call that term? But yeah. Did you insult us? No, fear of missing out. You guys don't FOMO. Just,
3: I'm making a joke.
2: Nobody's dead yet. Come on. We're still alive. All right. So uh, we get you be the critical responses, of course, because people chime what, in. What did Desson say? Well, right off the bat, I got you covered, Travis. Look at this. Desin's simple, old? simple, but devastatingly effective.
3: Period. He's That's always it. so brisk, so short. It's us.
2: Brevity,
4: man. I Desin's love the style.
3: Brevity.
2: Simple, he, he loves it. Uh, here, our old pal Roger at a time when digital techniques can show us almost anything. The Blair Witch Project, this is the antithesis of Rod of Dessen because he's long witted. The Blair Witch Project is a reminder that what really scares us is the stuff we can't see. The noise really? in the dark is almost always scarier than what makes the noise
4: in the dark. Old oh, Raj, minimalism at its finest in horror.
2: His his criticisms are great. I mean, say what you will about him. But every time we read his reviews, I, I'm like, wow, they're pretty spot
3: on. He was a master.
2: Uh, he really was. Uh, in terms of negative, uh, how about Joe Blow? Joe Blow is very popular on <laughs> YouTube these days, and he's been around for a while. Uh, I don't know if there's an actual Joe Blow or not, but this is from the Joe Blow Movie Network. I thought it was an original idea with an extremely authentic look and acting from its main characters. But God help if I didn't really find it at all interesting, scary, or even entertaining. Whew. Harsh words
4: from Joe Blow. That's a negative <laughs> review.
2: <laughs> okay, so that's basically the layout there. Uh, overwhelming, like we said, tons and tons and tons of positive reviews from these critics. Uh, you don't need buckets of moolah and a zillion computer-generated effects to get a rise out of an audience. Just a little imagination, a little suggestive terror will do quite nicely. Peter Rayner of New York Magazine. So people love this, this concept for the critics' side. But as fans... I'm surprised that people shit on it as much. I can tell you this: I know that this movie is bland and boring as fuck in the beginning, and I don't know if that is a detriment to this movie or not. What do you guys think?
4: Because well, it's got to set the
2: table. I mean,
4: they set the table in, 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 and it shows you what the their documentary would be like if they were to pull it off. So the first chunk is basically like this shitty student documentary about the Blair Witch that no one would, with half a mind, would watch even on like the History Channel. But they, they they tell you the lore and it's, you know, things pick up for me after about a half hour in, once they get all that lore out of the way and they start getting lost in the woods and stuff. So that first act, you know, it sets it up. But we're talking about a brisk 80 minute movie that barely makes feature length runtime. So I can't
3: fault it for that because it's all it's all necessary exposition. Um, that takes place with the interviews and the background. Um, otherwise it would make no sense at the end when Mike is standing in the corner, for instance, like it's all necessary. Right. But even
2: like the early part where they're just like fucking around, like, Hey, let's drink some shots.
3: I mean, they shot something like what, like 20 hours of 20 footage hours, or something yep, like yep. that wow. and, to cut it down to that hour and a half or just under an hour and a half. So I guess there's it, probably a bunch of shit that they. I mean, it could have been worse, I guess. Could, have been, it could They could have had nothing. I mean, that's the thing about this movie. It was all just
4: filmed by these improv actors. They could have sat back and been like, we have nothing.
3: So, I mean, I think the real.
4: Well, uh,
3: I mean, the, the, the directors were still like they had like GPS things where they're having them like, like tip over these uh, egg crates or whatever, like the milk crates rather. And um, and like get information and stuff. So there was like guidance happening. They had that, but you don't have a director on set focusing
4: and no. you know uh handling performance. You have no script, you just have this outline. So if the actors suck and they're not able to come up with anything to react that's
3: that could make for something interesting, you're fucked. It's just well, fucking so the, the directors uh, uh, adjusted for this by doing a few things. They they actually got the crew, you know, the, the actors lost repeatedly. Um in times where they when they weren't lost, they made them think that they were lost by having them go in circles. They um would keep them awake all night, deprive them of sleep by throwing like um, uh, things at the at the tent and that kind of stuff to to you know to to wake them up. Um, they would give them less and less food every single day to make them more and more on edge. Hmm. Um, they did a, a a ton of things all designed to to um, increasingly aggravate these people and make them more uh, wound up, which, by the way, is that's not method. Um, when an actor makes the choice to not sleep, when an actor makes the choice to um, do anything, um, that's one thing. When a director forces something on them, um, deprives them of sleep, for instance, or makes them like deliberately starved, that's not. That's not method. That's just being a dick. That's abuse.
2: That is on-site abuse. That's
4: <laughs> not a quite as bad as being slapped in the face by Bill Friedkin if you're Ellen Burstyn on a set of The Exorcist, but it's pretty bad.
2: Right. I mean, it's not Twilight Zone, you know, people dying in a helicopter crash bad. I'm fat. I'd weird. rather
3: get smacked in the face than, than starve for days. They did. <laughs> they
2: did have walkie-talkies, apparently, so the director would communicate with them, and they got lost three times in real life, so... You know, that sense of being lost probably like created that desperation, too. So you're right. Some of the reality that they were experiencing was sprinkled in that helped them get that point to Eric's point about, well, who knows if they would come up with anything good. This kind of manipulation helped get the good stuff. So I'll give them that. Uh, But let's go back to this mockumentary point. So this is the film found footage. But mockumentary. I mean, I I I think I kind of agree with what you're saying, Travis. In a sense, I I hadn't thought of it at all, but it's a really great observation.
3: I mean, that's that's usually everyone says, like the you know Bellini or Fellini, rather. Sorry, I blew my my uh, nerd chops. I've never seen it. (laughs) Was that kids in the hall? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Different different Fellini. Bill Bellamy. What is it? Anyways, Uh, 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 the guy in the towel. (laughs) Whoever the fuck that guy is um, supposedly invented like the last genre, which is mockumentary style, right? Um, Or so I've heard from Wikipedia and other sources. But adaptation, um, adaptation. I've seen that movie. There's a podcast episode, in fact, on that movie. Um, But yeah, as I watched the movie, when it finished, that was the last note I made to myself because I I, I watched it. I thought to myself, like, what would this movie be if it wasn't horror? Like, what if it's a comedy? I went, oh. They've, they've done that. It'd be best in show. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean,
4: I was kind of thinking that too. I'm like, after all of this said and done for me, the most interesting parts of the film were the chunk where they are lost in the woods and you are getting literally every type of emotion you get if you were to be lost with people you don't know particularly well. You're pissed, you're confused, you're scared, you're aggressive, you're hysterical. I think the movie does a fucking... Great job of portraying what it would be like to be lost in the woods, even if there were no supernatural elements.
2: Yeah, I'll give you that. That much I can buy into. And what's mind blowing is this film cost sixty thousand dollars to make, and it made two hundred fifty million dollars. It cost sixty
3: thousand dollars to make it, then another eighty thousand in reshoots that that they didn't use in the movie itself.
4: Wow! <laughs> but okay. still, it, then yeah. they
3: sold it for one point one million dollars to Artisan Entertainment, and then it went on to make. Oh uh, 250 million. Yeah. I'd um, like to get some
2: points on that one. That's too yeah. bad.
3: Yeah, but I will <laughs> say this is it, I I thought of another movie to compare this to as I watched it. Um and to speaking of like that that tension and um like acrimony and strife that that the stress that goes on throughout the course of this yeah. movie that just builds and builds and builds. And the movie that I could compare it to most is Uncut Gems. Oh Ooh. that's a great call, man because it makes you feel really, really tense and unpleasant.
2: I can see the co- the connection, but I wish this movie had made me feel as uncomfortable as uncut gems did. I mean, it didn't, but I, I definitely see the similarity.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot of, uh, tense, like arguing. It's a lot of arguing. They, they killed the Josh character off early. Yeah. Um, because yeah. the, the, the <laughs> tension was so intense between him and Donahue. And, uh, I gotta say, like, it's it's not a pleasant watch. Like it's 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 a half hour of a boring movie, and then it's uh forty-five, fifty minutes of people arguing and fighting, and then it's five minutes of screaming, and then it's over.
4: Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yep.
3: I'm
2: fucking so talking I- about that map, the fucking map. Yeah. <laughs> map talk. Cartography. <laughs>
4: Yeah, well, I, I you know, Heather Donahue got a lot of shit back in the day. I think she was nominated for like Razzie Award for Worst Actress or something. Which poor woman! I think it's completely unfair. She's put in a situation which is basically like a experiment as as much as it was like an actual film. And she brings a shitload to the table. She frames her own scenes. She comes up with dialogue that's believable. And her character is a character. It's a austere, brandish, lame film student. Uh, So, you know, I applaud her and the other two guys for making me at least believe that there could be actual people. Even if I didn't know it, they're not shitty at acting. And I think they do a really fucking good job in this these circumstances.
3: And I don't know about the other two guys, but I know that she at least has spent the last 21 years or so being consistently harassed by people and unable to have a basically normal life. Because there's still conspiracy theorists that will like claim that she is not really even who she says that she is. <laughs> the real Heather <laughs> Downey is dead, and like oh my God, um, it, and like people that um, just harass her just for being, um, you know, for having like for for the performance, for being aggravating or whatever or annoying to them, like uh, to the point that she mostly had to uh, hide from public life.
2: Yeah, that doesn't sound normal at all. Usually, <laughs> no, this is very not a, this, sweet to women.
3: This isn't a normal movie. I mean, there's nothing normal about this movie. Like, this is a movie that, um, if you get down to it, ushered in the disinformation age. Uh, In a very real way, this movie we can point to is uh, a benchmark along the way of sacrificing truth for entertainment and um, deliberately allowing ourselves to be uh, bamboozled and confused um this is i mean this the the marketing of this movie was designed to make us think i mean that these people were literally dead they put up missing person signs and they put up ads (laughs) around the town that they were in and a real person was kidnapped at the same time and they actually had to take
0: the (laughs) signs down
3: um like like they 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 had people like sending like flowers to heather donahue's mother cuz they were concerned about her and her loss of her child like it was all deception does like the movie does it stand on its own or does it not i don't know but um i mean that's a separate issue from from the fact that like the the marketing was designed to deliberately like and okay so yeah advertisements designed to mislead people like people bought snake oil thinking it was going to heal them i get it like advertisements are always designed to mislead people and i get it but this is a little bit different because this is uh, a a documentary style presented as if it was reality. And um, and it had real world complications. The the Burkittsville sign gets stolen on a regular basis still, even though uh, in Maryland, even though they try even though it wasn't even shot there and they try to change that sign on a regular basis. There are real world uh, implications to this movie that uh, I think are problematic.
2: Man, I don't know, man. I, I hear what you're saying. I do and I see it. I can see the point you're making. I think every movie, I think a lot of people get impacted by the movies they watch on in unhealthy ways and we just don't always hear about it as much. Uh but you know, I'll grant you the point. It it's something to stew on. Something to think about. That's a very interesting carrot you're dangling out there. I'll say that. I mean,
3: <laughs> you don't have to agree with me, but it's it is it is my opinion. I think that this is something that um I think this is a I think this is a problem. Yeah, I do.
4: Well, you got uh, like I uh, like I said, scariest film I've ever seen is Texas Chainsaw. In the beginning, they say this happened; these people are dead now, mm-hmm. and this is a true story. Fargo. They say, "Hey, this really happened," and it's about a, a mother who dies, and we're supposed to be entertained by it, eating popcorn while it's thinking this is a true story, and it's a black comedy. Um, I think it's a fun marketing technique. Uh it's it's a movie and it says at the end that it's fictitious. So It does you know, where? Yeah. At at the very end if you watch it it says the events in this film are fictitious and like No one big, saw that. It's pretty yeah. big bold print. No one saw it, <laughs> but you know, I think it's uh Mostly harmless.
3: Someone steals a sign, whatever. You got a
4: pretty cool mm-hmm. film prop. Yeah. I,
3: I agree that stealing a sign is mostly harmless. I mean, I don't live in Burkittsville, so it's easy for me to say that. Yeah, but um, I, I do think that um, there's that we are living in an age, and this is something that I, you know, I, we all struggle with. But I, I, I think about a lot, just that we live in this age where we are constantly having to think extremely critically about everything that passes our eyes is it is it reality is it not reality are we even if it's truth is it designed to influence us and sway us into something um and i just feel like this movie in particular maybe because it was so incredibly popular and because people saw it not because of the movie being so good but because of the buzz because of the advertising that went on around it um Mm -hmm. so so for that reason like i just I, i i i feel morally Complicated about it, and you can not like uh, not.
2: Jason what? Lee, it's about the buzz, man, and the <laughs> chicks. Yeah, that's almost famous. Another movie we also did on this show. How oh about yeah, that? yeah. We like to talk about ourselves. All right, so uh, you know this fucking movie's got issues. Sure, it's got issues. It's not your typical film. It's supposed to be unique. It's supposed to stand out. That's what they wanted to do. This and it is. is. Not a, and it does.
0: Yeah,
3: this is
2: not yeah. like hey, we got a budget, we got a crew. You know, it's not like your typical formation of a hollywood film or even an independent movie it's beyond that it is um
3: but is labor it labor love
2: but is it, it was- good though like it's enjoy- you said it's not enjoyable travis and i agree with you because i said through even the scary parts or the bland like hey setting up the story parts the whole time I'm just like fuck who cares who i said that a lot i admit that feeling like okay yep uh-huh i was like half paying attention oh someone's pissed or oh, okay oh things are good right i just wasn't I just couldn't get committed into the film at all. I watched it. I watched it from beginning to end. I truly did. But uh, I was just kind of like half in the bag. I was kind of in and out. You are drunk? Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Uh, I was I was like one foot out the door. How's that? Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'll go
3: ahead. My. I or... mean, it, it, 1999
4: is about to turn the corner into like Eli Roth and, and torture porn and all that. And it's a weird year for for horror, we're just getting out of the scream and parody age of, I know you did last summer and urban legends and even the scary movie films from the Wayne brothers. So horror's like got one foot in the realm of parody. So when this comes out and it's actually scaring people because they don't know, you know, what from what, what's real, what's not, it's totally different. Uh, People haven't seen found footage in, you know, quite a long time. Um, I absolutely applaud it. And I think it, you know, I don't want to show my cards early, but I think it's super important to the to the genre and uh, is entertaining to watch for for many reasons. I mean, my problems with that are mostly all the stuff that they're recording. If you sit back and say, all right, their mission is to go out there and film a documentary, but they're using all their footage on like shit like they're. Like, like the booze that they're drinking and like, they don't even like properly record anything as if it's a documentary. They're just like, oh shit, what's that? The sound's all fucked up. There's airplanes. No, the sound guy's not even like saying cut. There's a plane going overhead. Like they don't really know what they're doing. And even when they're getting good stuff, they're just fucking around as if they went out to go on a fishing trip and they're recording stuff on a whim. Like, I
3: don't know. I mean, there are, like there are parts of it that feel very much like a student film, and like intentionally so, to it to a degree, right? Um, so like to try, so it's that makes it kind of hard to assess in some in, to to a point because like it, it is a student film. That's what they're presenting it as. Um, and it's also uh, and I w- I'm not gonna say these guys are amateurs, but I mean like because they they spent like five years getting this movie together but it's their first it's their first film so uh, and they're and they're doing it with an extremely low budget and um so yeah there's there is a lot of factors here I will say that um I think that Heather Donahue is the strongest actor out of the three of them. I think that she also comes up with the best dialogue I mean she has like that 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 line like I'm scared to close my eyes I'm scared to open them like that's like that's a tagline kind of line but like like she just came up with that shit off the top of her head, and that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah,
4: um, I, I dig. All, honestly, I like all three actors. Like Mike stands out for me. Like, have you like I've only can count like on my fingers like a handful of times where someone was like fucking yelling at me in my face. It's fucking scary to have someone yell at the top of their lungs and be that yeah. upset. And Mike pulls it off, and Josh, like I know a lot of like tech guys when I used to into like indie film and stuff they're always chilled out but they know their shit when it comes out to their gear he does an awesome job with all of that and uh like when he's like accusing heather of like being so dominant and all she cares about is making her movie That also says something about found footage, because what do we say nowadays? Why would they just keep filming it? It's so dumb. Why would they be holding the camera at these monsters coming at them? They have a reason for it. (laughs) Even in this benchmark found footage film, she's obsessed with their documentary. She's on an ego trip. That's why she keeps filming everything and it's all that she has like she said. Yeah.
3: Like, like 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 it's something she has has control over but that scene is pretty hard to watch also because i really it does feel like like i mean like it's seems like that's it's not long after that that josh is pulled out of the movie, and, movie. <laughs> right so you kind of get the feeling that like some of those tears are pretty real um i don't know <laughs> yeah i agree with that sure yeah yeah
2: i think some of it is pretty legit but I just don't give a shit. And I wanted to try to care. I tried, I gave everything Mike, I could to this movie. I tried. I did. But it's just Doofusville. And, and he, <laughs> Doofusville. I tried tried to get scared. I tried to get scared when like things are getting much more intense. And I was like, come on, get scared, get scared. And I couldn't. I couldn't get scared. It didn't scare Dude, me. You I just are... like, nothing out there.
3: This is fucking dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: mean. I there's a lot
3: of there's a lot of scenes of people just running around the woods and screaming, and you can't tell what's happening. And I can see where that would scare some people. Um, it doesn't scare me. Okay, hmm. you're in the middle of nowhere,
2: yeah.
4: Um, with people you don't know that well, and-, and you hear little kids chuckling outside of your tent.
3: You're not going to be fucking scared out of your mind?
2: If I was there, it would scare me. I just couldn't put myself in
4: there.
3: Of course. If I was there, that's a different question, though. But if I'm watching that movie...
4: I think it puts you in that mindset, and the the fear transposes itself to the viewer. That scene scene freaks me out.
2: Okay, this goes to the key point. I wanted to ask both of you guys about this, because maybe I can learn something and get a takeaway from it. What is it that actually scares you guys in films that actually scare you? Like, Travis, you go first. Is there something Mm -hmm. that... You're like, wow, that scared me because of this, or is it just kind of a random thing, depending on how it all comes together?
3: Oh yeah, it's it's totally contextual. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna depend on the film. Oh. Um, it's gonna it's probably gonna be something I don't know, something that um, surprises me in some way, but also I can relate to. Um, but uh, it's gonna it's it, like I I couldn't like that's a hard question because it's gonna really depend on the movie.
4: I'll tell you. Let me put it this way. That scene in particular scares me when they're in the tent and they hear the kids chuckling. About eight years ago, I am up north at a cabin in the woods. This is classic, like, horror movie. Ange and her brother and uh, my brother-in-law, some of us are up there just fucking in a cabin in the middle of the road, drinking. Outside, we hear these weird-ass chuckling noises. It sounds like fucking Por- rednecks chuckling at us. Like porcupines. Possibly. <laughs> Pork- <laughs> but-
3: just a guess, a possum. No, it's that. Well, porcupine, porcupines. make a chuckling sound. That's why I say that. Yeah, it's a great guess, but <laughs> but I am telling you
4: right now, it was fucking scary, and we thought we were being fucked with by like lunatic rednecks that were going to come and kill us.
3: Lunatic uh, French. Tucker and Dale.
4: It oh, got yeah. Like
2: <laughs> Tucker and Dale. Uh, that's a Fun Moon. I've seen it's a that. Great movie. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me. Excuse
4: me. Oh, but sorry. Sorry. It, it got <laughs> real. We got like upset at each other because some people wanted to go out there and like start shooting into the woods. We got <laughs> uh, hysterical. We were like, "Who the fuck is out there?" It turns out it was uh, barn owls, but it was a fucking scary situation. So when I when I watch scenes like this, I can put myself there and be like, if I hear fucking like babies crying, I'm terrified out of my mind, and and that shit scares me.
3: I'd be scared if I like had to yeah. take care of them. Like if someone's like, Hey, take care of this baby and it's crying, I'd be, I'd be very scared.
4: Yes, <laughs> that is terrifying.
2: Oh my you got god, no formula? there's a movie with Diane Keaton where it's like it's called Baby. Oh
1: boom.
4: Jesus. Baby you know boom. About? Oh, yeah, baby boom. Fucking oh my god. Bob. That's a terrifying film.
3: Trust let's me. Let's talk. Let's talk baby boom. I'm Please, thinking, no maybe I'll pick it at talk. the end of the
4: show. Hey,
2: I'll have the right of first refusal. Um, <sighs> okay, so it's interesting what makes you guys scared. I really was curious about it. I was just trying to understand. But What I guess... makes
3: you scared, Mike?
4: Big business taking over. Nope. <laughs>
3: Josh.
2: OCP scares the shit out of me. No, uh, I think if I honestly think about it, like, uh, you know what actually scares me is, uh, and this is not a scary film, it's tries to be in a sense, but Scrooge, you know, Scrooge is the retelling of. Yeah, we know it. We love it. Yeah, I loved Scrooge' uh, retelling of Dickens' Christmas uh, tale story thing, Christmas Carol, right. and. uh, Carol. When he's in the box, when someone's trapped in a box, or like Kill Bill, where Uma Thurman's trapped underground, yeah,
0: Hallelujah! Yeah,
2: Yeah. I mean that's a great relief. But like, (laughs) when you're trapped somewhere like that, that is scary. I never saw Panic Room. Maybe that's scary. You know, they're trapped. About the
3: uh, the Descent. You ever see the Descent? uh, Rosario Dawson. No no a bunch um, of nobodies. No, no. Oh, uh, no, I haven't seen it then. Check out the descent if you want to. Hmm, okay. good scary movie. Right. I well, told that's...
4: you my uh story about the descent. That is literally the last time I, as a 27-year-old man, had to get up and turn on the lights because I was literally that scared. And that was and I was a fucking grown man. I believe it.
2: Sounds <laughs> like dog farts in here. It's funny.
3: <laughs> that must be <laughs> your dog farting.
4: <laughs> oh, I'm sorry.
2: Okay. Look this movie is not typical we've established that it's got a unique premise and it does, it, it does have like people who are improving. they do a great job of the improv i want to give them credit for their improv outstanding effort kudos you know we start to wrap this up i mean you start to think about is this a movie that holds up now the question isn't I think this is important. I don't. Everybody can look at it their own way. It's not whether this is a good or bad movie. It's whether does it hold up. And uh, I don't know. That's
4: it's challenging.
2: I, I I am lost. I'm confused right now. I got to be honest. I don't know if I have a
4: clear answer yet. Mike, you literally said you did not give a shit the entire time you were watching the movie.
2: Yes, but listen to what I just said. I mean, whether it holds up and whether it's a shitty movie, I think those are two different things. I don't know if we've ever really talked about that or not. I don't know what you guys think of
3: that. I don't know what the fuck you mean by that. What do you mean? How how could it hold up but be a shitty movie or not hold up but be a good movie?
2: Because I think of the, you know, to use Lebowski, the parlance of our times, you know, like things know that. that are relevant now or things that are crass now, like, you know, we can't have that. No, that doesn't hold up anymore. That's how I kind of think of it sometimes. I really
3: do to each their own all right are we doing this then are we doing the the the, the does it hold up section I have, I have nothing more to add particularly yeah, I'm do-
4: i mean i'm not gonna add anything so. eric did, did did you i'm ready to wrap it up i mean uh <laughs> i think it's pretty interesting to note that even after this huge fucking phenomenon that uh Myrick and sanchez the filmmakers really eduardo did-
2: sanchez by the way which is a hilarious name that was used in a comedy uh, that I can't think of right now. It's funny. I'll think of it some other time.
4: Aside from uh, actually oh, okay. a pretty fucking cool movie called Altered in 2006, these guys went nowhere. Shitty segment on VHS, that shitty found footage movie, but nothing after that major phenomenon.
3: Mm, okay. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah, they, did, yeah, they did kind of drop off. You're not wrong. Um, <laughs> Take it away, I Travis. Say- Come on. Give it to us. I'll say that, like, there's a... I mean... It's for for being a movie set in 1999. There are moments where you're like, why don't you know? Like it's it's, um, it feels kind of timeless. Like um, other than the fact they don't have cell phones, but like you could even now, like you could make sense of that. Um, except for all the smoking, like just the co- like even like they're out of food. They're like they're <laughs> like the middle of nowhere. It's been days since we've been anywhere near the car. It's still just chain smoking. They all just brought a fucking carton and a half for like a weekend. Um, because it was the 90s. Uh, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, I, I respect this movie a lot um, for for reinvigorating the found footage genre, um, for having a uh, tremendous staying power and audience base. I, I respect this movie. I, I do not like this movie. Um, personally, I have to say, and I and I feel bad because I feel like every time somebody brings up a movie that's not a movie that I picked, I kind of bash it, and I I, I, I want to get out of that, but I also want to be honest. And I just, I, I and, and does this movie hold up? For me, the answer is no, because it never held up in the first place. When I saw it back in the day, I didn't like it in theaters, and I gave it one more shot and went, no, I still don't like it, and then I didn't see it again until last night and went, yeah, I, I still don't like it. It's a lot of people screaming in the woods, and and um and i could and i definitely get what there is to like about it but given the problems that i have with its with um some of its verisimilitude and um mm. the fact that i also found it to be dull and then like grading I, I i yeah it doesn't hold up for me there it is can, travis
2: roy eric bransham you chose this film does that mean that you also think it holds up or did you just want to put a critical eye to it? <laughs>
4: uh, I definitely wanted to take another look at it. I think it deserves a, a look after 21 years. Um, there's no doubt that this was a, a a major deal when it came out, all right? And uh, I mean... But- Making movies is fucking difficult. It's hard now when you can just pick up your phone and and, and just shoot anything and put it on Amazon Prime to stream yourself. Back then, it was next to impossible to get something going. And for these filmmakers, yeah, to do what they did, huge amount of respect for what they did. But for me, the film itself holds up. it's genuinely an eerie film once you're right about the middle of it and all the spooky stuff is going on for me it's got a clunky start the ending's a bit abrupt but it is still an original found footage film even after countless trash uh that that followed it have some good ones wreck uh lake mungo hell house llc and Creep. but So many of its predecessors failed where this, you know, inaugural effort uh, still is genuinely scary to me. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to say it holds up successors.
3: (laughs) I think it could be predecessors too. proceed comes first. Sorry to be that guy. All right. Sorry. Mike, go ahead. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah.
2: Uh, Shit. This is tough now. I'm in a tie. Um, I can't let that influence my opinion, though. I must stay true to this podcast. I would never want to betray our audience and lose the integrity, which we definitely have. We are Oh, yeah. Happy. We got no
3: integrity. No, uh, <laughs> we had nothing but integrity. Well, oh, shit. That's... Okay. okay. All, right.
2: All right. So the movie sucks. I didn't like it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Eric, I'm just going to lie and say that I like whatever next movie you pick. I'm just um, busy
4: looking up predecessor so I can uh, <laughs> tell you you're a dick.
3: You I can gotta tell, tell me, you though, I could be a dick and right. Go ahead. All right. I gotta tell you
2: though, uh, it sucks. I've said that. It's clear. I don't enjoy it, and uh, I did laugh a lot because of the Josh thing, but that has nothing to do with the film. <laughs> that's, that's a childish, silly, antic thing. That's side side plot for the movie. So, but the problem is, like, if you like you said, Travis, if you watch it, it is timeless. Um, that's a problem. No, that's a good thing. So it is timeless. And, and if I'm going to look at the way I look at it, uh, does it hold up for what it is? I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say it does. So you think and
3: it's I, and it holds up?
2: Yes, I do. I do. I'm being completely honest. Uh, I don't enjoy the film. Wow. But baffling. if you ask me, does it hold up? I think Fucking it holds
3: up. Baffling. What does this mean? It sucks and it holds up. <laughs> I know.
2: Hey, we they all that's why uh, we do the show. We're all different people bringing something different to the game. I'm not trying to be a contrarian here. I'm not. I'm just going to be straightforward and tell it like it is.
3: For Eric's uh, sake, I, I'm genuinely happy. <laughs> Chris Darius says this whole segment now makes zero sense, and I'm inclined to agree with him.
2: I agree, too. I don't disagree with any of that, Chris or Travis. Um, but uh, there you have it. That's, how I, that's a, There it is. What do you think? Or Is this just the dumbest shit you've ever heard? Let us know. Cinema 9 Pod at Cinema 9 Pod and all your favorite social media platforms. Okay. So now I got to pick a movie.
3: Um, Make sure you pick something that sucks, but also holds up.
4: Yeah, I know. <laughs>
2: Um. Uh, what are we doing the following week? Are we doing anything? Are we having a guest down again?
3: Yeah, uh, our friend Chad. Uh, oh, great! Cool. Friend, okay, friend of the show, Chad, will be joining us as guest host the, the week after next.
2: And he'll be picking the film. I can't wait. That's going to be awesome. He'll be picking the film. Cool, Chad. We're looking forward to having you. I know you can hear us right now, or maybe you stepped away from the computer. Anyways, uh, I thought uh, I thought about this a bit, and I thought we should go back to the comedy. You know, we haven't I don't know if we've done a comedy recently, unless RoboCop is funny. RoboCop mm. is very funny. You
4: I would, made no uh, bomb back guarantee, Mike.
2: Uh, yeah, there's no bomb back guarantee. Uh, <laughs> uh, last time I almost picked, Travis did bring up I Heart Huckabees, and I really oh, wanted to God. do that. I really wanted to do it, but I thought maybe we'd wait. Uh, I'm not going to do that. So I'm going to choose uh, I don't really, this isn't like my first choice, but we're going to go with 2005's Wedding Crashers. Okay. All right. Uh, 2005, 2005 Wedding, wedding Crashers. Uh, Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn. And uh, we're going to find out if it holds up or not. It's been 15 years.
3: That's long young, enough. Young Bradley Cooper. Yes. Young crasher. Bradley
2: Cooper. Uh,
3: what's her face? Rachel McAdams. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, some reason, I spaced out. That, so yeah, other woman with the face. Oh, Isla Fisher is in that. Is
2: wait, wait a minute, though. But this is not a Todd Phillips film, right? No. He's, David Dobkin. Thank you. Okay, because I thought I was pretty sure I didn't want to do another Todd. We've done plenty of Todd Phillips movies early on. I didn't want to do another one. Uh, I want to be clear, but this is a comedy, so we'll see what happens. Wedding Crashers is on tap for next week. That'll be our show, and uh, you can follow along. It's in iPod, You can watch the live stream. We usually do it every Thursday evening around 7 or 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We enjoyed having our viewers. Thanks so much to Chad and Mr. Deary. I think that was. we might have had some other random stragglers. I don't know who you were, but thanks for participating. This has been the Blair Witch Halloween Edition. Any final Halloween comments, guys? Uh, best Halloween yeah. of all time. Josh! No, ask! Ask! Josh! Josh! <laughs> i scared the shit out of the dog. It's funny. Yeah, me
4: too.
2: Happy Halloween. everybody. Happy Thanks Halloween, for Happy Halloween, folks. And, oh, here it is. One for the road. The <laughs> you, Josh.
1: From my laboratory in the castle east To the master bedroom of the vampire's feast The ghouls all came from their humble abode. Get a jolt from my electrode.